I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. And like the intro said, it is time. It is Masters Week. The best players in the world teeing it up down at infamous Augusta National Golf Club. We have an amazing episode planned for you. Before we get to the Masters, let's talk a little bit about the Valero Texas Open from this past week, the last event before the Masters. We had the Augusta National Women's Amateur playing at Augusta this past week as well, along with the drive, chip, and putt. And then once we wrap that up, we're going to talk all things Masters. We got our favorite picks for the week. We got changes to the golf course. And most importantly, the elephant in the room, we got our first major with Liv versus PGA and the drama that will ensue. Wrapping up with the Masters, we're going to move into what feels like a Masters week in itself because our golf league starts this week. Here through the end of September, we're going to be golfing every Thursday up in Musket Ridge. Transfusions will be a-flowing, and we're going to look to post some amazing scores this year. We got Kenny One-Putt coming in as a newcomer. We got Healthy Dub back after last year, taking half the year off. We got defending champion Colin and then Ben and Tully, both champions in the past years too. We are looking to dominate this league once again. JP, if you're listening, we're coming for you thanks everyone for joining us if you haven't yet head on over to instagram and follow us at big players only pod and check out our facebook page the big players only podcast facebook page we have lots of new artwork from kenny one put for the masters this week and you can expect more written content as well thanks everyone for being here we hope you enjoy the episode All right, the week leading up to the Masters, we know we're never going to have a really great field. Lots of these guys taking a week off to prep for the first major. Uh, But we had a pretty good golfer in Corey Connors take his second title here. He won this in 2019 and then now in 2023. When he won this in 2019, he was actually a Monday qualifier. So he was kind of a nobody on the scene. He won that event and kind of bolted himself into stardom. He is the last player actually on the PGA Tour to win as a Monday qualifier. Did you guys watch any of the coverage and any thoughts on the course, the event, and the winner? He's Canadian. That's my thoughts. You know, I mean, Canadian golf is, is, is really solid right now. I agree. A nice comeback after how bad they looked at the President's Cup. You know, with, with Mackenzie Hughes last week, or two weeks ago, Corey Connors this week, definitely a, uh, a pretty good showing after falling flat. They're gearing up. This is becoming a bit of a horses <laughs> courses scenario for Corey Connors. I mean, yeah, second win... Are those his only two wins on tour have been at this tournament? I mean, he he's a very aggressive player. I think you kind of pointed that out before, Ben, that he like goes at every single pin. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, uh, his success here. Because I feel like he didn't really putt that well. I think on Saturday he had a four putt on one hole for a double bogey. So I don't know. I think he's just super aggressive. This is a gettable course. Um, sets up well for him. 
Yeah, I think his driving is actually seriously underrated. Hits the ball, like, decently far, but my goodness, it's just a consistent 10-yard drive off every tee, and he's hitting it right in the middle, so... Something you got to look out for, especially this week at Augusta, right, where the fairways aren't too, you know, penalizing when you miss them. But driving the ball here well will get you a win. Do you know if he was already qualified for the Masters before the tournament or no? Yeah, he was already in the top 50. Yeah, yep. yeah I, that, that's one thing I would like to kind of see go, the kind of go away from in that tournament is that if you've already qualified for it, barring, like, you qualified, you know, from three years ago or something and you're playing, like, dog shit kind of thing, I'd like to see only players that haven't qualified for the Masters in this tournament, like kind of get rid of those. I understand trying to work out some woes, whatever it may be, but I'd like to see it that we're only seeing storylines of someone that's getting that kind of breakthrough. Or just like if the winner is already qualified, then go down the list and the next guy gets yeah. second place. Gets some, sort, some sort of, story. it does feel like someone should have got a berth yeah. from the Valero. I agree. Yeah. Especially that was let down. Like the guy had. chasing him, Sam Stevens. I had never heard of him. Me either. Before but I seeing him in, I got to watch pretty much his chase. whole final round. That kid's a baller. He led the field in birdies. I think he only loses by one stroke, but I think he had like four or five more birdies in the entire field. So the kids like got an amazing short game, a little wild off the tee, but watch out for his name. He's a really good guy. Do we know his back? Background at all, like where he played in school or I don't know like that. How long, how long he's been on the tour or anything. He is a rookie. Covered? That's all I know. Just heard about him. Like I literally just heard about. Yeah, him. I know. <laughs> this is the first Tyler's heard. Well, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye out for him. He's a rookie on tour, so he's I don't know his background, but my goodness, his swing is good and his short game. I mean, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the future. I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of this tournament. I was watching it after the Anwa coverage stopped because I was like in golf mode, trying to like watch and get ready for like this week coming up. But the, I just I don't think. This course really presents that well on TV, which is like a complete contrast from last week where you have Austin Country Club and the bridge and the river and all those fun holes to watch and match play. And then you like come to this one where every hole looks exactly the same until the last three. So. Yeah, the last three are the cool ones, right? You got the par three with the green or yeah. the bunker in the middle, the drivable par four, and then the par five that's right. split fairway. That's it. Right. That's the and only I, thing. And then like Thursday, like the final round Thursday, or sorry, first round on Thursday, it's like Kucher and Padraig Harrington are like leading. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't. I'm not, that doesn't get me going. Sorry. Yeah, not a good field, but uh, glad to see Corey Connors get his second win. I mean, I think the kid's kind of an up and coming player. And then, yeah, for future President's Cup, you should see him take a more of a leadership you know, role in that team. Yeah, I mean, he's what, a, a top 10 iron player on tour, probably yeah. consistently up there. And it's one of those, as long as he cannot be terrible at putting. He's going to be in the top 10, top 20 pretty consistently. You could say that about a lot of people probably. <laughs> it's a tough yeah. one. I think if coming Vic in. could not be terrible at putting, you yeah, know. He I think Vic and Corey Connors <laughs> have a lot of strength. Yeah. <laughs> like, the one thing I think that's interesting is, like, Corey Connors win the, wins this event, and I think he's, like, very high on people's radar for Augusta. But I do have this feeling where, like, guys just don't usually play well in back-to-back weeks. Like, guys usually don't play well after a win. I remember, like, three or four years ago, JT won, like, back-to-back tournaments. And that was, like, one of the first times I'd ever seen a player do that. So now last year, right? Right. But, like, the 3M and the Detroit. So not, like, crazy good events. But I'm a little worried. Like, I think that Corey Connors has all the tools to play well at Augusta. I'm just not sure he can do it in back-to-back Well, and you talk horses for courses. He always plays well at Augusta. Like, extremely well. He puts the ball, like, a stroke back. Better per round than he normally does. Funny. And I think he's got three straight top tens trending in the right direction. So it's it's hard not to give him a good look. Can you tell me why Corey Connors wears sunglasses so often? 
Because the sun's out. I just, I mean, like, I feel like I picture him in my head and I only see him wearing sunglasses. It's true. I don't even, I don't even know if I could recognize him without sunglasses. It's much harder to dark or play golf when What if he's out. got, like, a special tint that helps him? Ricky wears, greenery. Ricky will wear, like, clear <laughs> yeah, sunglasses. It's actually Google glasses and it's just showing him how it's to like read AI. the butts. <laughs> That's why he's so good at it. It's the live line he's got. It's the live. Yeah, he probably has some sort of eyesight problem that I'm going to catch him flag for. But I don't know. I was just thinking that. All right, let's talk a little bit about the ANWA, right? The Augusta National Women's Amateur, which is the precursor to Augusta, to the Masters. Started up four years ago, right? The top amateur women in the world. There's some big names in this field, right? And the lady that wins, Rose Zhang, a junior at Stanford, number one amateur in the world for the past three years, finally gets it off her back, like finally wins this event. She's been in contention year in, year out. Uh, plays really well at Champions Retreat. Has like a four-shot lead going into Augusta. But kind of fumbles. She has not played well at Augusta historically. Continues that trend, but wins in a two-hole playoff. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I'm. Ha- <laughs> I think I'm happy, and I think she's happy that she never has to play Augusta again after this. Like she, she probably yeah. She never plays well there. This is like the one amateur event that she had yet to win before this weekend. Like this was the last time she had to get past. She kind of faltered on Saturday and and came away with the victory. So really happy for her, but. I think she's glad that she doesn't have to go back there again. Yeah, don't, it, don't you think there'll be an event in the next, like maybe in the next ten to fifteen, twenty years? Where I think that women professional. Yeah, I think professional. Yeah, they're women's building a whole separate course for yeah. women. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, they are. They're yeah, building just, another course. It just sounds really fucked well, up it, when you if say they would have done it. They would have done it by joking. now. Yeah. yeah. I you when you joking. say it that way, it sounds really fucked up. You guys probably sent like um, 200 plus texts about this tournament this week, so it was. I mean, it was, well, it was definitely the one everyone was watching. I, I think. I think this this tournament is so exciting because, like, people who aren't in tune with the LP, PGA, like I just started maybe like this past year, or two years. But like Tyler, you say you never watch LPGA. This is like the tournament that you should be watching and like picking someone for the future and like just following them from now on. Because this is the future of women's golf. These are like the best college players, the best amateur players. This is what we're going to be watching for years to come. Watching this is like putting money into a 401k. So it's it's great. (laughs) I don't know what any of these things are you're talking about. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what is so tantalizing about watching this event because I don't like men's college golf quite as much i think because those guys are so close to as good as the pros but maybe there's a bit of a bigger skill gap between women's amateur golf and women's professional golf that it's just like more relatable and like these these women play golf a lot more similarly to us too they can't hit the ball 350 like some of these pros so i i think that's why i enjoy watching it and then you're right these girls graduate women graduate from college and go straight to the lpga i mean jennifer cupcho won this thing in 2019 i think 2019 2020 straight into the lpga already got like three or four wins under her belt yeah i think the ben you and i went to the walker cup this year or the curtis cup sorry and we got to follow a lot of these ladies around and it made watching it the champions retreat wasn't that memorable to follow along you know you're just trying to track the names up and down the leaderboard but by the time it gets to saturday especially they had that that generational player at the top of the leaderboard huge lead all they could talk about was this was her pursuit of the amateur uh, grand slam equivalent and this is the one that she couldn't get before and so it was kind of her chasing that perfection it's something and, like she wins the junior and the u.s amateur the pga something and now she's won at augusta and the only other player to, to win in those three places in their career is tiger woods which is pretty cool what do you guys think about uh well for those who watch it her, her dad being her caddy for the last round because i think her strategy or i heard her strategy going into the final round was to use an augusta caddy like get out to that big lead a champions retreat and then use an augusta caddy to just kind of like 
I don't know, just for more course knowledge because she hasn't played well there before. But I guess she got out to a big enough lead when, or yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, that she felt that she could keep her dad on the bag. And there seemed to be like a lot of contention there, like arguing over which which club she should hit. And I don't know, it seemed to really affect her. Some indecision out there. Well, I, I think you got to look at the fifteenth hole. She goes for it in two, which I don't think very many people had gone for. And they kept saying, I, I think she said afterwards that was the dumbest decision she's made in her golf career. And I think if her dad's not on the bag, that an Augusta caddy would be like, you're not pulling three wood here or whatever she tried to hit. You're going to lay up, take the par, and just keep going to the next hole. Give her a break. She was trying to do something nice for her dad. Let him walk around Augusta. Like No one gets to do that. It is cool, right? Like Hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think she looks back on the round and thinks, I probably should have taken the local caddy. But now she's the champion, even though maybe with a little bit more rigor than she expected in a two-hole playoff. She got to share an incredible experience with her father. So I think she's probably looking back on it like it maybe wasn't the best decision, but it worked out in the end. But I think she talks a lot, too, about how he's such a calming influence. Yeah. So when she's kind of getting anxious or whatever, he's he just kind of knows how to calm her down, keep her present in the moment, which is probably you know one of the biggest things she would need out of a caddy. And so I saw some of these kids that competed in the drive chip and putt got to take pictures with Rose and Scotty. And then I think Nancy Lopez was there and just like, I know it's hard to say, but like, I think Rose has all the tools to be like a hall of famer and could be like one of the best golf LPGA golfers of all time. Like you got a lot that'll happen between now and then, but some of these 10, eight, nine year old kids are going to have pictures with Rose Zhang when she was only 19 or 20. And it's going to be like, wow, that's a cool picture. It's like tiger back in his old days. That is a hell of a comparison you're choosing to make right now, and I respect it. Oh, Rose and Tiger? I think there's a lot of similarities. They're both, both Cardinals. Well, it's cool that they, like... <laughs> That's they, one. <laughs> an incredible amateur's career. I think Rose won 11 of her final 20 events coming into yeah, this Yeah, so thing. the, She's the, the best female amateur, maybe the best male amateur. Yeah, I mean... And it's cool that they have this platform to, like, to be on TV and, like, have the opportunity for kids to come, like, watch them play, even, even though they're still amateurs. And the women's game is, is fun to watch, too, because the girls get a little bit more hype. Sometimes these guys can get a little too – they sulk a lot, and then they don't quite have as much emotion. Like, when they make birdie putts, it's just, like, thanks to the crowd. The girls, man, they're, they're showing all their emotions. It's, it's really fun to watch. Is getting tickets to this event, like, equally as challenging as it is to get tickets no, to the No, I think Masters? this is how you see Augusta. You go down to Anwa. Mm-hmm. The crowds look huge, though, still they on were. TV. I know this has probably gained a lot more popularity over the last couple of years, but I think it's pretty attainable to get tickets. And then you go and you get to walk the grounds. All right, let's go next year. Yeah, I, I'm I, in. <clears throat> it's I like the I secret. I see the yeah. course. I don't even care about the tournament. I think the no secret's offense. out. Yeah, I think it was like everyone used this as an opportunity to see Augusta. It might be a little more challenging now. The azaleas probably weren't fully in bloom, so I mean, it's probably not. We'll just go to your backyard. You still get now. your dollar fifty pimento cheese sandwiches and whatever Do else they have you want? the peach ice cream sandwiches? Because I really want one of those. Full stock. All right, boys, let's do it. It's Masters Week. Let's get into it. Yeah, round of applause, right? This is the week we look forward to, right? This is our favorite major. Although I, the Open's really high on my list. Not scary players, though. I still think that God. Augusta and what it brings to the table, and it's a smaller field, right? The place is just magical. The golf is amazing. The champions, when you win a Masters, you're just forever etched into golf's history. But we have one big event going on this year, right? This is our first Masters where we have Liv and PGA guys competing, right? So let's talk a little bit about what we think uh, is going to happen. Do we think there's going to be a bunch of storylines? There's a little bit of contention. We've seen Rory playing a practice round with Brooks Kepka. I think that kind of came as a surprise to us, right? Even though Rory's very anti-Liv, he's kind of come out and a little bit off of the ledge saying, like, I'm still friends with some of these guys. Some of them I can't stand, but I'm not going to, like, ruin these friendships over Liv versus PGA. Yeah, I really found that very interesting, like, because obviously last year Rory is 
you know, King PGA, the most, you know, outspoken regarding everything. And then he's playing with these guys. And then the line that he basically drew is like, yeah, I'll still play around with Brooks. I'll play with um, DJ. But I still don't like Patrick Reed. I still don't like Bryson. It's like, it's the same people they don't like. It didn't, nothing changed (laughs) regarding where they were other than like, I still dislike these people. I heard that, um, that Brooks actually asked Roy for a hundred million dollars so he could buy back the PGA. That was the point of the practice (laughs) round. But what, so I read or playing heard, skins game for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. The contracts that these guys signed yeah. with Live or something. If they want to go back to the PGA, they have to pay four times their signing bonus or something like and that. And they can't say anything bad about Live on the air, which is like, can you like blink in like Morse code to say like, please? <laughs> I think I think live. Brooks actually tried that in full swing to blink his Morse <laughs> yeah. code as that was concerned. They're all just a bunch of chairmen for Valspar, you know. <laughs> but one thing one thing we were talking about, and I know you guys were want to chat about it, is there's not a lot of juicy Live PGA pairings though. No. no. Augusta really laid down in that facet. I agree. Which really is kind of what you would expect from Augusta. Yeah, like, they don't. It's, it's kind of a bummer. Honestly. I think the leaderboard will kind of naturally gravitate toward that on Sunday. So they're like, let's just sure. have our regular Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Augusta's natural move and everything. Like they were like, we're just gonna, you know, they've already qualified. We're gonna honor that in like previous times. Like they they refuse to make an aggressive like statement either way on anything, and they were just like, let's avoid the controversy. But it is interesting because they have all the past champions as I think Golf Channel was saying, like carrying the load of having to play with these live guys. So they send their past champions out there as like sacrificial lambs of like, (laughs) you get to go play with this live guy. And I think that was kind of how it was consistently drawn. I kind of viewed that as a, oh, we're going to put, you know, these guys that aren't actually competing, that aren't going to be the ones drawing the huge crowds. They're not putting them with Tiger Woods. They're not putting them with, you know, Rory or Scotty or Rom or anything like that. They're putting them with the guys that are out there to play because they love this tournament. They love the course. They love the PGA Tour, that whole side of it, and making them play there rather than getting the audience that they would have had if you put Cam Smith playing with Rory. Right. I, I thought I thought the one pairing with the live guy that was interesting was Cam Smith with Hideki and Sung Jae Im. I mean, mm. those are two young hitters for the international team paired with the guy who should have been leading that team yeah. last year. Um, I don't know if that'll work out in his favor or their favor or not, but I thought that was good. That was an interesting pairing, considering they should be like the top of the international team right that, now. Those three guys that felt like the only true legitimate live pairing because yep. you know I think they're right around the same in the OWGR. Cam Smith, obviously former major winner from last year, so I think that's why he got a little bit more respect than yep. you know the DJs and the Brookses of kind of getting thrown with. Uh, with the mules from the PGA Tour. I think he's the only one that actually got, um, like, on the actual interview schedule for, like, Augusta as well. Like, all the other, even the past champions, Bubba, DJ, right. uh, Patrick Reed, none of them are a part of the official, like, going into that room where we see all those, you know, early interviews, but Cam was the only one that got that. But, that you know, talking about his press conference, that's when one of the surprising things, we mentioned it with Rory and Brooks kind of going out and playing together is, it's almost like the media is making this out to be like leading up to the masters, making this out to be way more than what it actually is. It really doesn't seem like there's that much hostility outside of those guys who went to live and like were so arrogant about it. You're the ones like your Reed, Bryson, Sergio. Yeah. Those guys, it's like, you know, screw them. But like the Brooks DJs, Cam Smith, like there's doesn't seem to be much there. 
as far as a rivalry goes. Well, yeah. I think when it comes down to it, like, talent respects talent. Like, that's what NBA t- players talk about all the time. Like, Kyrie says a bunch of crazy shit, but, like, they still he can still dribble better than anyone. So it's like they basically... You can't help a team get to the playoffs. Well, though. yeah, that's another point. <laughs> but, like, they see Kyrie and they're still awed by his talent. So I think someone like, like Rory still respects Brooks and to some degree because they, they're one of the only 30 guys in the world that can do what they do as well as they can. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bubba said exactly what you said, where it's like, yeah, we still like these guys. It's all the media just kind of hyping everything up, and he was just like looking at whatever reporter asked him the question, and I don't think he named any organizations, but he's like, just imagine if you just started going writing for ESPN. You're still going to talk to everybody. It's just a different organization that you're working for. So it's like you don't just hate each other because you're moving on and kind of just dropped it like that, and it's like I still get along with everybody. Do you think the players are trying to like – go back too far the other, direct, other direction be like everything's fine because like, they don't want it, the distractions like there's probably a little bit too much a little bit of that, but, I, but i think bubba's one of those guys that's gonna get along with anybody. yeah that's true bubba, yeah. i think it's the person yeah, that you really gotta right. focus on i think it was what yesterday it came out that tiger fred couples and rory were playing a practice round with bryson and it was like wait what after bryson just two days before was like tiger didn't respond to my text kind of thing but I guess that was a an error. And yeah, they, that wasn't right. It's like someone was trolling joke or something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in the media room put up a, like a fake pairing and like <laughs> said Bryson was playing with them, but it turns out he wasn't. I think that's that's all time level troll. Yeah, I definitely think that this whole like butting of heads is manufactured by the media. I just I don't know if anyone watched uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's interview today, but <laughs> they asked him like three times if he has said like yes, if he said hi to like any of the other live players. He's like. Yeah, I said hi to everyone, and they they literally paused and they were like, "Did they say hi back?" And he was like, "Yeah, of course they did." Yeah, it's been great to see those guys. It's It's just like so crazy to me that they're just trying to push it and push it and push it. I think the other, I think the only two exceptions in my mind are Bryson and Patrick Reed because I feel like those two are just like weird, unlikable people. Maybe I think this makes for like the most exciting Masters in the last like decade, though. I mean, maybe other than Tiger's run, which we maybe didn't see coming, but like. I'm so excited to watch the live PGA combo in this one. I, it's like it's such an awesome storyline. I'm just really curious to see how any of those guys perform because it it does feel like even yeah, if they if, suck, whether we've watched big, it, not be... watched it, like the live golf, you see the leaderboard, you see it. It's just kind of like over three rounds, you have a very mediocre run yeah. at courses that you know some courses that are somewhat notable, but general like not anything that's like major caliber courses. And then they're playing like like Phil, for example. His best finish is like tied through a 20th or something like that in a 48 man field. Yeah. And he's just been so consistently mediocre. Like, are we going to see these guys just not perform at all and it's just nothing? Well, I'm taking the op. I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on this. I'm taking the opposite approach. I think they're going to feel the competition again and like the heat of the competition. Someone like Cam Smith, they're going to be back and like, oh, should I? This is like my one or my couple chances of year to actually show myself to the world again and they're going to be back on it. And then maybe that's like wishful thinking. Like the flip, I would hope that. That's the flip switching. I mean, some of the guys are going to suck, but some of the, I think there's going to be three or four of the top guys that are really going to show out and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think coming into this, a lot of, and like we said, it's the reporting, right? It's a lot of people that are not really inside the game. They're just kind of just on the outside like us. And they're saying they have very low expectations for the live guys, especially like 54 whole events with weak fields and then not a lot of practicing and stuff like that. And I'm going with you, Ken. I really don't think that's going to be the case. They've been golfing their whole life. These guys have a lot of game. And they're, they're kind of saying like the back nine on Sunday, they're just not going to have it. But I don't mm. think that's something that... You know, maybe a putt or two goes here or there, but these guys are way too good to struggle. I'm kind of seeing it that if it if there is an issue, I'm expecting that it's going to be on the in the round one. Oh, like they're, that's a good point. They're going to be really just a point. little. They'll just lose because they're not mentally right there because they're used to a little. And then yes, they'll get those competitive juices that you're talking about. But I'm worried like 
a Cam Smith maybe comes out a little soft on round one and can't battle back from that or can't misses get a cut, up. something like that. I think you can kind of look at, at Tiger's last couple of years as a, uh, a kind of a pattern of this. Is I think he talks a lot about it. he doesn't get enough competitive reps. He can't. He can't walk 72 holes consistently. And I think that's one of those things he might even say. It's, it's a lot different hitting a 10-foot putt in the middle of a PGA tournament or the Masters or whatever than hitting 100,000 10-foot putts on his practice screen at home. Like, you just can't simulate that same level of competition, which live is not quite the same, but there really isn't a ton of competition going on over there. I had a similar feeling standing over an eight-footer tonight practicing for our league play on Thursday. Not enough reps. Come on, you had like six birdies. What are you talking We'll get into that. Let's take uh, your comment there, Dub, as a good segue to talk about what our expectations are for the Big Cat this week. Tied 47th last year. A terrible weekend, back-to-back 78s. Uh, the course was playing pretty challenging, pretty much only like Rory's final round and Scotty's play. Like no one else really set the course on fire. We know Tiger's got his leg issues. We know that walking 72 holes, especially at a place like Augusta, is super challenging. What are your expectations for the Big Cat this week? Much higher than they were for last year. I'll say that. I mean, last year it was all the way up to it. You're debating, is he actually going to play? Is he going to withdraw at the last minute? Whereas now we've already seen him play Riviera, which is a tough enough walk in its own right. Like it's got you know plenty of slopes and different things he's got to deal with. There was no question that he was playing this year. Like there was, you know, he's got other issues going on at home, and there was no issue with his health. There was no nothing that was questioning there. So I, there is a lot of you know confidence in him that he will at least like make the cut. You know that he's going to be able to perform because he does know the course in my mind. Like he know, he's been around there so many times. You could argue he knows it better than anyone else in the field. And I think the only real issue you're going to see for him, obviously there's the ability of what you know, shots he can and can't do like he used to, but the weather I think is going to be the biggest factor for Tiger. Right, so we saw him, right, T47 at the Masters last year. Remember he had to withdraw from the PGA because like the walking was tough and then misses the cut at St. Andrews, which was tough to see. Uh, but this year, right, at Riviera, uh, he comes in like T45. So we definitely have a Tiger that's embraced, I'm only playing majors. So you're not, he's definitely probably not going to have as much fatigue as maybe we saw him last year. He's getting a little healthier. Um, but I'm going to go out there and say that I don't have very high expectations for Tiger this year. I just feel like it's, making the cut? it's just I, I think he makes the cut. I think he comes in like, you know, 45th to 50th kind of thing. Uh, but it's just the reps. Like, I just feel like Tiger, it's as good. I just think the game's at too good of a point right now with some of these players and how well they're playing that I just don't see how Tiger can contend with guys like even like Tony Finau and Max Homa. These guys are at the top of their game. I think the problem for me was watching him at Riv. He had something different than he did last year. He was hitting the shit out of his drives. I mean, he was keeping up with JT and Rory. He was hitting his irons really well all weekend, and it was just his putter letting him down. It kind of gave me some hope for the Masters of, like, you know, under the right conditions, if it plays a little tougher, which I think it will with all the rain they're going to get, it's going to require, I think, a lot more you know, attention to detail around the greens and everything, which, of course, he has. I mean, I it's going to take a perfect scenario for him to kind of get a top 10 or even contend. But a- after the way he hit it at Riv, I I won't be surprised with anything he does this year. 
But he's going to get all those good putts uh, reads from uh, Vic out there. He's yeah. just going to watch him to the opposite direction and then do, do the opposite of Vic, right? I will say, yeah, that's another thing. I do think he is his group is great for him. Like, yeah. it's it's him, Vic, and Xander. Xander feels like a steady force for him to just kind of, like, Yeah, play so off. Like, I feel like every time we've seen him play in the last, with the exception of maybe the Open, he's always paired with, you know, JT and Rory or, you know, Rom or, you know, some of these other, like, huge names relative to golf. And not that, not that you know, Xander and Vic aren't big, but they not. It's not the same level. And like when he's with JT, there's a little bit of like joking around, little playing around. Where a little he's, bit, he's not. He's not in the same kind of mindset. Where I think maybe there's a world where he's actually able to kind of focus more on the golf and do that, and doesn't get the relaxed where he has to battle to make a cut and you know rattle off three birdies in a row at Riviera to make the cut kind of thing. Are the uh, are the patterns of the Jay Lindbergh scripting for Vic going to be too uh, oh, too much of a distraction? It's got to be. Vic's just going to blend right into the azalea bush with that. It's going to work out perfectly. The Looking Saturday right scripting now. is a literal bowling outfit because he's wearing like these dark <laughs> khakis with like this shirt that's like green and pink and white. It's insane. I'm literally looking it up right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I have high expectations for Tiger this week. I think Dub hit the nail on the head. He played really well at Riviera. The one thing that held him back was putting, um, and he knows these greens better than anyone who's going to be in the field this week. So, I mean, putting is an easy thing. I get, like, tournament reps and everything, but we're talking about Tiger Woods here, and putting is a very easy thing to practice every single day, and I'm not worried about him putting here at Augusta. One notable thing I realized when watching some of the coverage today is this is the 10th anniversary of um, when he had that illegal drop that got called out by some dude on his couch, basically. And he was, at the time, tied for the lead at the Masters. And this is when uh, Adam Scott ended up winning it in like a uh, playoff. Uh, this is uh, 10 years ago is when it happened. If that event hadn't occurred, Tiger at the end of the tournament would have been tied with Adam Scott for his potential fifth at the time, would now have six. Maybe that's gonna be something. Maybe it's gonna be a story. Like ten years later, he gets it back. He gets the one. That's the stroke. Oh, another another interesting one. nugget. Corey Connors won the Valero yes. in twenty nineteen. Oh. You know who won the Masters in twenty nineteen? I do. Yeah, it was Tiger Woods. You know, there's a lot of good pairings. I got a couple more I want to cover, but I did find this article that I had to share with you guys, where it listed off the top rankings going into the twenty fourteen Masters, and based on world rank and recent play. Get this top 10. Number one was Jimmy Walker, then Patrick what Reed, the Bubba Watson, Harris English, Webb Simpson, ZJ, Matt Every, Matt Kuchar, Sergio, and Ryan Moore. So I just like to put it out there. Bull. Like, what a better place <laughs> golf is in right now than it, than it ever has been. He didn't deserve that, Jimmy. What happened to Jimmy Walker? <laughs> he was a baller. I mean, he won the PGA that year. He was playing well, but it's just like that compares nothing to the field we have this week. He makes week. good scotch, though. Very good scotch. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Walker. Oh, yeah. Jock. Jock yeah. Oh, shit. He makes the gym brother. It's not brother. special. And then two other groups that I'm really looking forward to. Matt Fitzpatrick, Colin Morikawa, and Will Zalatoris, right? Mm-hmm. Some young bucks on tour. A lot of people have some high hopes for Matt Fitzpatrick. I do not. I don't think he he's doesn't. Been, I don't think he's been playing very well coming into this. I don't think he has the game that really fits Augusta, per se. Uh, and then the other grouping is Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood, and Tony Fee. Now, those are just... Three lovable guys. It's just in any of those guys, any six of those guys has a great chance this week. I, I want to take this opportunity to bring up um, while we're talking about groupings, the morning versus afternoon tea times with all the rain that they're expecting this weekend. Do you guys think that the morning tea times have an advantage on Thursday morning and then afternoon on Friday compared to the, t- I mean, if it rains all day, like Thursday, the guys who go out like the Jordan Spieth group, I think is the very last pairing. Yeah. So 
they go out, maybe they get delayed or like not can't finish Thursday night. They have to go out and finish Friday morning and then keep playing all day. Is that a disadvantage or is that that doesn't really matter for these guys? I think it really all depends on what that weather actually ends up looking like kind of thing. If it's super windy as the rain's coming in and you have to deal with that, then you come out and then you you come back in and have to finish the round as it's like the wind's finally like starting to go away and then the people afterwards are fine. Like I think we saw it last year. Yeah, it was last year at the players where it was strictly based off the timing of the storm, what that wind looked like. So it's all going to depend on like if is is it a just a regular kind of rainstorm or is it just a lot of just wind and fuck that's going to be messing with them? Which I think it's. I was looking at. There's not a lot of thunderstorms or anything like that. I think it's just like a light rain that's consistent. So I think it's going to be just like everyone's just playing through. I don't think we're going to actually have as many delays as I thought. It's just going to be chilly. It's a good time to look at some of those European guys, like Lowry, and I mean, not necessarily Rory as much, but Fitzpatrick. These guys that grew up playing in tough conditions like that, and not tough from wind perspective, just playing in the rain is a pain in the ass. I think it's hilarious that they put um, <coughs> Kevin Na in the only twosome. The, <laughs> he's going first at eight a.m. Mike Weir is the only <laughs> with Mike historically Weir. slow Kevin Na. They'll probably play with that guy that always plays to fill in the last spot to feel the like local member. Why would they put oh, him he retired, first? I think. Oh, did he retire? Yeah. They put him first. They might as well just move he? everyone's tea time back five minutes. <laughs> but he's the only twosome, so he, they figured he'd take like fifty percent as long. All right, let's jump into who we think will take on the title this year. Right, we got a ton of talent this year. Live versus PGA. Whether you think these live guys can perform. Let's run it around the table and see who you guys think is going to take on the title. I I'll mean, go I, first. Okay, fine. You go first. <laughs> thinking, who you been reading he's about? Been reading. <laughs> I've been reading about Jason. No, I'm just kidding. I'm thinking Cam Smith. I, I um, wow, big live guy. I mean, he was he was uh, he's never Mr. missed a cut. The Masters over there. He played six Masters, never missed a cut. He had T three runner up. I mean, he's prime. I mean, basically, you know, he's pretty much been struggling and live, but like. I, I really think that he just hasn't been really trying or caring. I mean, he's probably been trying, but, like, the guy has six wins in the last calendar year, basically. So he, it's not like he can't win a golf tournament, including the players and the Open and the Tournament of Champions. So I don't know. I, I just have a gut feeling, and it's probably wrong. That's what's my his, pick. What's his team name? Rippers? Rippers. Yeah. GC. Rippers. He'll be rocking the Rippers gear all over the weekend, huh? I think it's good I value, too. He's still on his Penguin gear. I'm going to yeah. put a little taste on 22 to 1. It's actually dropped to 20, so there's some action on it. So... You know, I think it's a good value bet. Twenty bucks, win four hundred or so. I mean, I think it's a pretty good bet. I think this is a good time. Sorry, I don't want to derail the our picks conversation, but I think this is a good time to talk about like what the live guys will be wearing. Like you mentioned, yeah. original penguin. Like they're going to be wearing. They're like tied to their own team logo, like shirts and like one and uniforms. Yeah, but like DJ has some weird sponsor that like actually is like making their shirts for them i think this is the first time they're having sponsors and right? i've seen shirt two, today i've seen two solid. of their shirts they're awesome yeah. so like i'm i'm for it if big they live get, guy so no no no, 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 no. Yeah. That. he's a big fashion he's guy. gonna he's get one with this. the live logo it's, it's from the uh, it's like one of the co-founders of travis matthew who yeah. spun off this brand that now sponsors dj's four aces so yeah. are they gonna have four different shirts or are they gonna have like a uniform no it'll be different i think four different what i think i think it remains to be seen if augusta is gonna let them wear their live gear right they did today. I thought. But I don't know an official. I, don't think, I think they can Smith? wear their team gear, their team logo, but not the live logo, or they're not planning oh, to wear the live okay. logo. Gotcha. I think. Yeah, there's no liv allowed. I think I read that too. Cam Smith said he brought like like three different suitcases just in case he was allowed to wear it or he wasn't allowed to wear it, which I think that's hilarious. I'm sorry to go back here and stay on the live thing, but you guys see that Greg Norman coming out saying if the live guy is in contention of the in like the final round. 
everyone that's not in contention is going to be like following them and be like right there on the 18th green oh if they gosh. win the whole sort think, of situation. I think Jay Monahan should have come out right after that and said, "Yeah, all PGA Tour guys are going to be there. <laughs> everyone the green on the PGA when we win. Tour. That's going to be so cringe, dude. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, buddy, come on. Oh my god, it's gonna be bad. yeah, I have to pop some champagne. I want to go back. I kind of want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so to Cam Smith again, I think that's. Uh, it's it's an interesting pick, right? Because like like we said, <laughs> say they're oh, awful. Your no, no, I like <laughs> I, I like the pick, but I you're right. Like a lot of people are doubting these live guys' ability, but Cam Smith, I think that this course being soft is going to play to his advantage because he's Corey Connors played aggressive last week. We know he's an aggressive player, but I think no one's more aggressive in the world of golf than Cam Smith. So greens are soft. He's able to stick things like four, five, and six irons when he's playing the long par fours. It's gonna it's gonna really suit his game. I like how Ben adds the analysis to my hunch. It really is a good pairing. I like it. Thank you. Hey Ben's analysis Classic is what went to my one. pick too. Classic eight one. <laughs> I am going with Sung J M, who is also oh. a birdie machine. And if these greens start getting a little soft and he just starts throwing darts up there, he could get hot for I don't know, twelve hole stretch maybe you know, seven under and just kind of build up that lead early and then try to hold on for the rest of the tournament. I mean, he's sitting at plus 4,100, which I think is crazy for him, um, just given how low he can score. So I, I'm throwing a little cheddar there. Who's he playing with, you know? Cam Smith. And Cam Smith else. and Hideki. Oh, shit. Oh, I didn't even realize I didn't realize Oh, my God. Such an incredible right. pairing. Oh, yeah, we just talked about that. And oh. then, like, <laughs> to round out that group, I'm not picking him, but Hideki, that's an interesting one coming in here. He, he checks off so many boxes as far as that's strokes winner. gain categories going into this week. He's got his little injury issue, and I don't really think he's been playing golf to the level that he really would prefer, but... I'm telling you, the, the number crunching says he's got a legit chance this week. So the little bit of Valero I watched last week, I was watching the Hideki group, and he hit like four drivers off the deck. So if there were like odds of Tip, that, pick. how many how many drivers <laughs> off deck he's going to hit on like the number on like Do the eighth have, hole this 13. week, I'm going with the over. He's definitely practicing that shot. Mm. And I think Tyler, your pick is interesting because Sungjae's only played here once. He fits the mold of a guy like Cam Young, right? He played here in 2020 to 2021, and he missed the cut, and so did Cam Young. So I think Sungjae changed my pick. Good data. Well, Sungjae M and Cam Young are both these players coming in that right don't have the course history performance, but have all the pieces of the game to play well here. I think this is where this is going to be an interesting year to see some of these young guys that haven't either played well here or played here at all and see how they can perform. Well, aren't you bearish on Cam Young, Ben? Yeah, I am bearish on Cam Young, but I just think it's because of the style of his game. It's a little erratic. I think Sungjae has a much more aim and point and shoot kind of game, which is really great for Augusta. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going with Rory. Like, I think oh. this is, and you know what? I'm starting to feel a little sheepish about it because literally sheepish everybody's bearish. everybody's Both. on Rory, right? I mean, I, I we, we put the How bets in. Not be? We put the bets <laughs> in at the start of the season, but I think this is the year where every part of Rory's game is really trending in the right direction. The new putter... Yeah, you know, the stats say you don't actually have to putt well at Augusta to win here, although you have to putt well-ish, right? But you don't have to lead the game, lead the course or lead the strokes gain putting to win here. The greens are tough, but Rory, he said it in his interview, and it's true. Like, other than Tiger, as far as, like, people that can contend, I think Rory has the most course knowledge of anyone else that can contend this week. So that's that's got to work on his favor. I think he's plus 750 right now. I think I'm going to put in a donk bet. I just got to I got to ride with him and, and I'm just uh, you know on Sunday Sunday night I want to be able to look at that bank account and be like, "Rory, we did it." I, I think we did it. We Rory, did it, Rory. Me and you. He's going to look at the bottom of his new golf shoes and be like, "I am Roars." We did it, Roars. And you're going to see him in person soon too. Yeah, we'll see him at the RBC too. So I that's what Dara said. Dara said, "Who do you think's going to win the RBC?" I said, "I take Rory, but I don't think he can win back to back." We'll just take him with Augusta and then we'll see who wins I don't think the RBC. He can win is where he should stop that statement. <laughs> I think the uh, soft conditions are really going to help him because he can just 
hit driver way past everybody else carry it because you're not going to be getting much roll out in those fairways. And then, of course, you know, he's got that solid approach game and will be able to make it happen. I think the thing with Rory that, like, when you watch Jordan Spieth is sometimes they'll hit approach shots that are just, like, off the map. But with the course playing soft, right, I think you're going to get some favorable bounces. They're not going to roll away as far. And then, obviously, Jordan's short game is just world-class. But I think Rory's short game is very underrated. So, really what it comes down to is if Rory can make his five to eight footers this week. So, you've already put that green jacket on him. Do you know what his, his champion's dinner is going to be the following year? No, we haven't talked about that. I mean, we're thinking either <laughs> traditional Irish or, you know, maybe maybe like something, uh, I don't Bang, know. Just bangers and mash. Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting corned beef and cabbage with Lucky Charms dessert. It's going to be delightful. I love that. Tully had that lined up already. He knew. It's true, I did. It's yeah. Rory's also, oh, really? just so we're clear, Rory's also a 42 long. So, let's put that out there. Why do you know that? That's weird. Is that the number of majors he hasn't won in a row? Oh! Maybe. Probably. It's like 34, I think. (laughs) I'd have to check the math on that. I just want you all to come and cry at the next episode when he wins this and all that. That drought's gone and he's back and he's just... I don't think he can take over Scotty as number one, but Rory back to number two, right? Taking over Rom in the match play. I think everything is just trending in the right direction for him. Yeah, I mean, as much shit as I'm giving you, I mean, I'm also on Rory as my, my pick. Just <laughs> much oh. like oh, whoa, whoa, real backpedal no here. My mind, you're going to go with speed. Well, I mean, he's my, he's the he's the one I'm also betting on. Of course, I have a couple that I'm betting on. Rory, I my bold prediction at the, our preview of the season episode was Rory's going to complete the career grand slam, and Jordan's going to complete the career grand slam. Mm-hmm. So for that to come true, Rory would have to win here. So I I've been on him for a while, but I've been on him for 15 years. Jeez. <laughs> I want to see a doctor, bud. But like, I, I am with that. I agree with what you're saying about Rory. Like, he is, he definitely is. He's been playing solid, but not great. Which, like, I'd rather see that going up to than rattling off a bunch of wins. You know, we've obviously seen success. Like Scotty did that, rattling off wins and won last year. But I feel like Rory's the kind of guy where he's been around, and then he's just finally going to kind of break through somewhere. Ty, I think someone put it in the doc. Sorry if I stole the book you read or we're reading about that. You know, Tiger said it somewhere that, you know, it's it's only a matter of time until Rory does win this. And, I mean, that's a pretty big nod from, you know, arguably the best golfer of all time. So I, I'm, I'm with you there on the Rory pick. I got some others that I'll, I'll mention later if someone doesn't take them, but... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as much as I want to give you shit. I think you not taking Spieth was surprising to me. I think the, for every reason why Rory could win this week, I think the same thing for Jordan. That's why Spieth's the pick that I haven't actually put the bet in on yet. Like, I already put the Rory bet in, but it's, it's still there. Like, I think their games are actually pretty similar. Obviously, Rory a little longer off the tee, and then Jordan a little better around the greens. But they play the kind of the up-and-down kind of game that if they can just keep their head screwed on straight. And then Jordan, too, with his putting, right? If he can make those five to eight footers this week, I see both of them doing well. Put a plug. If you guys haven't listened to our uh, preseason podcast, go back and listen to that. I was also on Rory during that episode, so I have a little bit invested in that. But you'd uh, also pick. like to give Ben shit about it. But right? I'm I'm not going to be the third guy who picks Rory on this episode, so I'm going with Minwoo Lee, uh, 65 to 1 right now. Your new favorite golfer. This is his second Masters, which is surprising to me. I didn't know that he had played in this before. Mm-hmm. But he had a yes, top 20. Kenny, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Kenny is my new favorite golfer. He... <laughs> He was he, rocks, he was like I know that's what I'm he saying was, he's your new favorite. You he was saying. dominating the players' championship. He he's a hits, cool guy. He hits moon balls off the tee with his driver, which I think is going to be clutch coming clutch this weekend when it's raining uh, all weekend. So like he doesn't need a bunch of rollout. And if he's not, if his driver gets offline, he hits a two iron that goes like three twenty. So he has multiple options off the tee. Ben, you said it. He like your your tee shots come into play a lot here at Augusta. And I think this is just a good opportunity for him to really like show up on the map and 
and take over. For as little of a guy as he is, I was reading where someone was trying to correlate driver carry distance this week to success because I think, right, we're expecting the course to be wet. Minwoo's like third or fourth in carry distance, right? Even though he's a pretty slightly built guy. And I think there are players that are longer than him with rollout, but he, he carries the ball really far. It could work out for him this week. I, that, that was like the one thing that stood out to me watching him at the players, like the tracer that you see on TV. I've never seen a tracer go that high off of someone's driver. It was like going basically off the TV screen. Yeah, and he's got a world-class short game, which is kind of surprising for a guy who hits the ball so far, but definitely something that he kind of relies on a lot getting around Augusta. And weather's been a theme here. I think he won the Scottish Open like two or three years ago by like five strokes, um, which is historically tough weather there. Yeah, he beat, I think, Matt Fitzpatrick. It was, really, it was a really good event. He played great. That's when he kind of got on the map, and he became – he graduated from like that YouTube, uh, like could hit stingers better than anyone else in the PGA Tour to a real contender. Yeah, so for me, after he taught a master class on winning a golf tournament at the Genesis, I basically bet my entire house that John Rahm was going to win a major and he was going to come in and dominate Augusta. And Is that that's telling us right now. That's where my that's where Are my you money financially was. Financially stressed right now. <laughs> leading up. Yeah. Did you send him? I'm some never going to financially recover. You owe me fifty thousand dollars. But this afternoon, I had a change of heart, and I'm going with another favorite. I'm Scotty's my guy now. I've been fighting it for so long, calling him boring, calling him like not exciting. But watching his press conference, seeing kind of who he is off the course a little bit more, how humble he is, I'm excited to be following Scotty to chase a legacy this week and become what the third or fourth guy to repeat here at Augusta. I mean, he's. I think he's. Well, obviously, he's the number one golfer in the world statistically. I think he's got the highest floor of any guy here who, even if he's not playing well, he's still going to be in contention. And with the weather kind of being all over the place, I think he's a guy who's going to be able to stay within himself and not get too carried away and, and bring home a back-to-back. Yeah, I love the passion there. I've been I've been noticing as I've been watching like the leaderboards and like there's so many good golfers in the world, but for some reason, Scotty's always the one there on Sunday. Yeah. He's always the one that's there, and it's like it's a great pick. <laughs> You know, we talk about how good Jordan's short game is, and Jordan's a good recovery golfer as well, but I think there's no player in the world better at recovery than Scotty. And you think about a lot of these championships that were won, like especially Bubba hitting it in the trees in the playoff on 10 and hitting that hook wedge around. There's really no golfer in the world I can see pulling those shots off better than Scotty. So when the tough gets going, you're in the heat of the moment, I see Scotty really performing. I have a Scotty question. This is a little bit tangent. He uses a Scotty Cameron putter, right? Yes. Why, does it, why isn't his Scotty with an IE? Because Scotty Cameron's a conceited asshole that doesn't yeah. want to do that. I saw the picture of his putter last week, and I was like, "Can you let the best golf in the world have an IE on there instead of Rory says Roars now? Are you sure he doesn't have a T? No, it, still stand? it says like Roars behind. <laughs> yeah, it still says bottom. Scotty Cameron. It seems like Scotty and Scotty should work something out. That's all I'm saying. We'll get on that. Scotty with two T's. Yeah, we'll get on it. Can we'll I ask another it. Masters question? Yes, no. we I haven't, suppose we haven't said Phil Mickelson once. Why would we? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, is he just dead? Is he done? I mean, still he, irrelevant. Looks like he, it when you see him I on think TV. that's one of the saddest stories of this year. Yeah. Is he was the the people's Augusta champion forever. And yeah. he was kind of like, when you think the Masters, obviously Tiger, Jack, Phil was that guy who I know. was basically the chairman of the people. And now he's just a wasted away, nobody likes him kind of thing. And he's just out there basically doing nothing. Yeah, I guess that's why we're not talking about it, because it's a real fucking bummer. Well, when, when you think about, like, our expectations for Tiger this week, I think three years ago, 
Phil had similar expectations. Like he was a guy, right? He won the PGA at Kiowa. Like how? Was that the right? end? That was his final peak? That was that his it? peak, right? So it? it's like, it's these guys that are just timeless in golf that no matter how old they get, they seem to always contend. Like Tiger, I don't know how long it's going to be until Tiger stops really contending at Augusta, right? I, I don't know. He... It's going to be a while, and Phil just falls off a cliff. It's it's incredible. I did see um, one of the no laying up guys had to put a five dollar bet on Phil to be the first round leader, first first round American <laughs> leader, or something like that. It's like fifty thousand to one or something. Sounds like a bet I would take. I mean, yeah, like Phil. I was he's just changed so much. Like I know people change, but <laughs> <laughs> like let I, him hold the what, baby. Two what two two years ago, or even like probably like one year ago. Well, he didn't play last year, but two years ago, he was talking about like hitting bombs and like Phil hits bombs off the tee. He hits it so long, blah blah blah. Cavs. They like I'd heard a quote from the other day. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, they moved the tee back on thirteen. I probably can't cut the corner anymore, so I'm probably just gonna have to lay up." Like that's not something Phil would have said in the past ever. So just, he just cashed in on his brand and rode off into some sort of live sunset. Yeah. I heard he actually like tore his calf, so he just kind of lost his mojo. <laughs> is that true? As, as yeah. I would, I would oh, say as much, oh, okay. as, as much as I probably resent Phil for his decisions, it makes me sad what's happened to him, right? Because it's like, what a, what a figure in golf history, and it just looks irreparable. His golf game is shit now. He probably hasn't shot under par, but maybe one out of every six rounds on live when these guys are shooting 20, 30 under. It's, it's a tough sight to see. I think he was the, one of those guys who instead of kind of going out on top and just kind of becoming more of a ceremonial player out on tour, he chose to kind of keep fighting and keep trying to stay in it, going to live, and obviously taking a lot of money, but I think he still wanted to compete and at some Absolutely. level. And, I mean, he's no Chase Kepka, but he's pretty damn close. <laughs> this is all making me just want to put, like, five bucks on Phil. I think he's a chance. He, doesn't he, have a chance. he said today, he like, all the work he's been doing, he's hitting the ball – as far as he was five, ten years ago, like basically in his prime. Would be a hell of a storyline. It wouldn't make me mad in the slightest yeah. if Phil were to win this thing or contend. You know, oh, yeah. I'd be pissed. <laughs> it, would make all, it would make everything in the golf world just feel like irrelevant. Like, okay, Phil's back. Like, let's just put down the arms. Like, let's just get back to where I'd golf was. certainly was. put the high flyers on the map. <laughs> He's 20,000 to, yeah. 20, to one right now. Wow. Oh. All I know It doesn't is, even feel like enough. If Phil managed to win this, he would then come out in the next live event and Miss the cut somehow. Somehow miss yeah. a cut in a no cut event kind of situation. Like he would just be useless. Is that right? Five dollars to win hundred K. Is that what that is? Twenty thousand to one plus twenty thousand. I don't know. Put it ten in your grand. Phone. Ten grand. No, plus twenty thousand would be two thousand plus five. Put a hundred on it. Shit. Hundred dollars yeah, yeah. would win you twenty thousand. Yeah, 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 right. like Move a, the decimal too. Yeah, yeah, Make sure. it easy. Sure. Just do a hundred. How how many how many live guys do we think are going to be in contention come Sunday? So there's eighteen in the field. Like. How many people are? How many of them are going to make the cut? Can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've said <laughs> DJ is going to be the only one to sniff the top <laughs> ten. I think. <laughs> are week. you implying something? Like Kyle? Kylie, do you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think he has the best chance, like being contention. I'm not buying the Cam Smith. I know he's played well Ooh. here in the past, but it, he came in 29th out of like 46 guys last week on the Live Tour. What golfer has come course. in? Top five in the Masters in the last five years, other than Cam Smith. Only, I, only Cam Smith. Brooks I get Kepka. it, but like, Brooks. Nah, last five years. Dustin Johnson won Smith. in the last five Weiss. years. Mm-hmm. Brooks has a better. I think Brooks has, has a better chance of, of finishing higher than Cam this week. I really, I'm really like looking at DJ, maybe Taylor Gooch and Bubba because I mean, range goats for life. <laughs> yeah, I think Bubba has zero chance. But there, I think there's something about. <laughs> how do you not look at Bubba? How do you not look at Bubba? <laughs> 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 of HB three. 
you know, we've talked about it, but I do think this is going to be our first opportunity to see if these guys can really just focus up. Because I think there's something there. Like Bryson, for example, right? Like what a good case study. Like he's just been playing like crap. But when he left the PGA Tour, he was still a top 5, 10 golfer. Like there's no chance that game's gone, right? I know he's kind of taken the distance away, but he's still an incredible iron player and that the putter can get really hot. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm a little high on Bryson this week, actually. I think he's caught a lot of flack and I think he still has plenty of game to go out and, and win at Augusta. I love how he still has to answer that par uh, 68. Par 67 <laughs> question. Say, yeah. of, uh, like, he missed the cut that year, right? He doesn't yeah. regret it, okay? Picture he's like, in the yeah, I don't regret it, but I, I think my words were misinterpreted. It was more like, if everything's on, I look at it as a par 67. He doubled down, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the year distance is going to dominate, so this could be Bryson's chance. We'll see. All right, let's move on to what feels like the Masters for us, because this is the start of our golf league, right? Kenny, our newcomer, Dubby, back in full form. Back. Tully, Colin, and myself. I mean, Colin, defending champion, right? We got to... We're looking forward to a good year. Ken, what are you looking forward to most in this golf league? Me? Yes, you as our newcomer. All right, my honest answer is I'm actually looking forward to playing a course every week over and over again to see if I can work on my game. I'm trying to be serious here. Like, I see, like, I'll play this. <laughs> oh. I've never you walk us through down every hole. <laughs> the only course, the most thing I'm, I mean, look for transfusions every Thursday. Hey, there we go. But I've That's never, the, real the only course I've ever played more than, say, 10 times is Glade. I don't think I've ever played a course more than three, four times. So it's, it'll be, I'm really interested to see, like, if I can actually try to work on some stuff is what I'm trying to get at. Do you think that musket is an intimidating and hard course? Mm, not, I don't, not necessarily just cause it's, it, it, the, the grass and the trees are very similar to other courses that I've played. No, like seriously, like this, like region, I don't think any course in this region is very intimidating to me just cause it feels like home to some degree. Right. Like when I play at a really hard course down Part the beach 67. or something. That is so, you're so up in your head right now. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I mean, they all, the right. grass and the trees so, look like the ones in my back. The, the breed no. of grass and the type of trees are the same, yes. I, when I play like a really nice course, like down at the beach, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to, it feels really it's hard. Linksy, yeah. It's yeah, sandy. We'll see that in a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, brace yeah. yourself, bud. All right. Well, well, I asked that question, Ken, because I think then when we started playing this league, I used to think that musket was a really challenging course. And... It I, still I'm is. Being honest, I don't see. I don't see. I see it as like a, a like a pretty challenging course, but not like. I used to think it was really yeah, tough. Like so I would mid. put it up. Wait, there with like us, but they probably don't like us anymore. I would put it up there with Worthington and and well, not whiskey, but like PBI, Maryland, Maryland National. Yeah. I, I would. I used to put it up there, but we play it so much now that I don't find it as challenging. I mean, it still has its days where it kicks your ass, but. Man, I tell you, it used to be like an 8 out of 10 difficulty. Now it feels like a 5. Let me I, say it this way. It's the hardest. It's probably the hardest course I'd be willing to be in a league in. That's right. fair. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel like that's, I could still reasonably. What if I offered league. you a chance to play in the league at Augusta? <laughs> I'm, then I'd Turn fly it down. down every week. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. No, I'm done. I think the thing about musket, and I was talking to Grass about this this weekend. <laughs> yeah, the grass looks similar, but um, Fuck off. They, like, <laughs> they have, like, every hole is either, like, like an easy hole or it's a hard hole there's like nothing in between you know like it's it's either like short par four like a par four that sets up well for you or it's like a four 20 yard par four with like nowhere to miss it off the tee it's or or a 200 yard par three like it's i don't know that you have gettable holes and you have holes that you have to like just hold on tight for and i think that's what i like about it yeah i will say it's one thing you know, speaking to both mine and Ken's game with the aggressive right miss. Not as they, aggressive as it used to be. I'll put that out there. Ooh. Okay, sorry. We, mm. we so you're by yourself now. with a right miss. Yeah, have yeah one Ken anymore. is dead straight Wait down till the Wait till you middle. play number seven this week. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like cocky. I'm just trying to talk about golf like a normal person. <laughs> All, <laughs> All I'm saying is that unlike some of the other courses, even a Glade, there aren't a lot of shots where it funnels you in the same sort of way where you have to keep it dead straight for at least, you know, 
a hundred yards before you let it kind of go. It's you know left right sort of thing. But there's not many dog legs. There's right. not there's not a lot of that kind of stuff where you have to deal with that, which kind of speaks to your point where like it, it may work out. You know it it's, it maybe is less intimidating and all that kind of stuff. I, I think like the I've been lucky to score well on like six or seven. What's the very straight long par four? That's the hardest hole. Seven. Course. seven. I, that, Got a par that on that today. That hole is going to eat me up. I think. But at the, the last three times I played it, I've gotten lucky on it. I think that's going to get me because it drops off on both sides. So. Oh, well, Dub, what do you think? Because I think that this course is actually pretty tight for a long hitter. I think that's what used to get me. I probably play uh, this course why a lot. Why didn't you pose this question to me? <laughs> I, I, I play this course a lot safer than I used to, but I, you know, it's, it gets tight when you're hitting the ball long. Well, yeah, I think that's well, because there's so many risk-reward <laughs> holes out there where you can cut serious corners off holes. I mean, the front nine, you could argue there's four or five tee yeah. shots where you can make the hole a lot easier by taking driver over a lot of hazards. But... <clears throat> Yeah, certainly the more you play it. I think the back nine, for me, plays a lot easier. Yup. Like two and a half strokes I'd say easier. probably the, uh, most people would agree with that. But um, the front nine, there's there's some tough holes out there. And seven is like, I don't think I've ever parred it. I mean, it's just impossible Devil of for the, me. The front feels like a little bit of a firm handshake. But when you get to the back, it goes easy. But then the finish is pretty hard, right? You have the two holes that you pretty much can't miss on, six, 15 and 16. Seventeen's not an easy par three. I mean, eighteen's not the toughest hole, but your your round can kind of go from like I've started the back nine, you know, on a par five, easy par four, par five, like two or three under, and all of a sudden it catches up with you real quick. Well, that's the shitty thing about playing the front nine is the first hole is so tough. I think because you basically part that one today. You lay up. <laughs> yeah, we'll see tomorrow. You lay up. You have a Are long iron in. What the hell's today? Oh yeah, Tuesday. you're right. Thursday. We'll see. Thursday. Jumping tell. ahead. Ellie's got a lot of pars he's looking forward. So to. So you start Thursday. with a, a tough hole. And then seven, eight, nine, you're just holding on for dear life. Those are three long holes right in a row. And and they're always straight into the wind. Yeah, so that's... nine plays like a 700-yard par five uphill. I mean, it's just both ways. It's tough finishing. Uphill both ways. Remember we were playing on eight? And I was like, man, this is a long par five. I was looking like straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a par eight. I was like, jeez, man. I had my, literally, I got to tee box. I had my driver out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Go back. But I, I think we're all excited to see how much better you can get this year, Ken. I'm I mean, you're going to be playing it. consistent golf. I think you're you're an early favorite to win the league because your your handicap's just going to keep going down the more you mm-hmm. play. Because that's been your problem, like just the consistency of getting the repetitions in. You're going to be out there all the time. I'm just happy to be here. So it's a 22 week season. Mm-hmm. How many of those weeks do you think you're going to make it to? Seventeen. That's solid. Depends on how many showings of Lord of the Rings are at warehouse. <laughs> I, I told you though. Oh, I told Wednesday, you June's going to be an issue. I told you I have a, missed a couple in a row. I'll do my best. I'll do my. Best. I'm just asking because you you expressed that before. I mean, I'm you, to you're very busy. You got so, a lot of things going on. I'm not that busy. I so, used to be busier. I'm trying my best every week. I'm looking right. forward to it. What's That's your it. What's your starting handicap? Uh, how it actually plays at Musket or how it's listed on the website? <laughs> the website. What um, do we have to strive to beat? Uh, I think it's honestly I don't even remember. I think it, is it nine something or is it ten? Is I it, think it was like seven point eight, eight point three something. It was somewhere in like eight that. Point, and then eight. you'd be getting like ten or eleven. Straight. Yeah, it's yeah, eight point four, but I think you get maybe oh, ten okay. or eleven. Probably. Do you want to list our what we're handicapped? What we're playing at? I'm playing at eight point. Yeah, but I think I thought you said it was like two more. <laughs> it was like two more. Yes, yeah, so you'll probably be getting a, a stroke and a, a quarter. A whole I mean, you can so. easily shave two strokes off that. Yeah. Through, so Ken, Ken at eight point four. Tully at at five point six. Collins five point four. They're right. Collins at five point five. That's the conversation. Yeah, that's what we need to see. That's bullshit. the conversation this year. Who the hell? Collins beat me by three strokes today. Dub at point eight and Bennett point two. 
Nice. Sandbaggers. Why don't you just play at zero? So this is, I need to ask Colin how he feels going into the season because me and Dove, our handicaps are so low that it's virtually impossible to win this thing. (laughs) Colin, are you worried about your handicap going down this year and you having no chance in the playoffs? No, I'm I'm going to take the same strategy I took last year. I'm going to struggle <laughs> throughout the season, but just stay so that I get a pretty good seed by the end of the match play tournament, and I just turn it on and run through every couple three putts here and there. Get yeah, the yeah. handicap up. We actually like, have a caller. Ross is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Colin's favorite player. Yeah, the, he you're the one he beat. In the, I do like Ross. In. I'm the only one who could take him down. The but you beat Ross. No one else could do yeah, it yeah, here. Yeah, okay. So I think we do have a kind of a brewing rivalry here between Tully and Colin. I think no. they're, yeah, their handicaps stakes, say they're the same. We play together but, but all the straight time. straight up, like, how many strokes would he be giving you? He should be giving me Zero. more than I ever yeah. get. I think you'd probably, Colin would have to, you probably I think I need two. to get some, I need to get one or two. But Tully <laughs> plays Musket. Oh, God. <laughs> Tully's <laughs> where we go off the rails. <laughs> but Tully lives the closest to Musket and it plays it probably more than anybody. So he has a little bit I literally, bit more, last five times four times I've played it with, it's been with Colin. <laughs> I'm just saying, is that worth two strokes that you can drive there in two seconds? And I just, think so. I mean, pl- it allows me to get a little pregame buzz maybe, but that's yeah. about it. It's funny, you guys are playing it a lot, but there's definitely a rivalry here. You're not going to say it, but there is. I think we put. I we think all we, see it. We I all see There's it. a little tension there. We all see you guys it. Is this because like Tyler's already separated season. himself as being better than Colin? Is that the, that the issue? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't bring me in. <laughs> yeah. You guys got to have a side bet, like 100 bucks for the season or something that's like, if, you're, if your handicaps are almost exactly Make it a grand. Yeah. Yeah. Make, I think I'm good on that. Put Dub's house on it. Put Dub's house on it. Yeah, put Dub's house Oh, God. But like we said, the thing I'm looking forward to most, right, is that 19th hole, man. I think that when like when I first got into this league, right, it's just like I feel like the median age is like 50 couples. Bring so it down. I certainly didn't expect As like Ben gets older. I don't know. Stay the, the same. I expected <laughs> the conversations to kind of be like a bunch of old guys talking, and I chime in every once in a while. But man, I tell you, I really look forward to that 19th hole. Now we get to know these guys, we get their ticks, we get them going, get them a little upset, they start arguing, and then we just sit back and watch. We, we were playing behind the guy that usually checks us in in the pro shop on Thursdays night, <laughs> and we went and passed him. And he said, "Oh, you're in the you're in the NCI league. You guys are the best. You're you're the best league. Like if there's any league I want to be in, that's the one I want to be in." Yeah, you guys damn are right. So casual. I'm sure he says that to what, all the leagues. What else yeah, did he yeah. say while, while we were playing? Uh, he, was also, he was also said the the question that needs to be answered. Uh, not talking to us. He was talking to his buddy that he was playing with, but we'd overheard it. They were trying to figure out who the baddest cart girl was there <laughs> at Musket. So. No comment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like baddest at golf. Yeah, that's yeah, like the baddest at golf. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> stay tuned for the Patreon. There, my other the thing official is, power rankings. The other thing I wanted to say is there's a guy onlymusket.com. <laughs> musket only, I think. But I, there is a guy named Ken, Ken Miller. Is that? Am I right in saying? Yeah, there's a guy in the oh. league that has one letter in his name different than you. I'm rival. I'm decided he's my rival. I've never yeah. met him. I'm gonna just. He's my Sepstraka. All right, we'll be we'll be keeping. Are you just gonna walk up to him first yeah, thing? Punch him in the tomorrow face. or Thursday, whenever it is, and. I'm sure he's yeah. a great guy. Find the I'm biggest sure guy in the yard. Take him down. When, before we tee off, I'm going to go, hey, Ken. And just see him, see him both look and be like, no, nah, the other one. Okay, here's the last question I have. How do the pairings work? Who golfs with who? We have more than four now. You know, what's, who am I golfing with on Thursday? Whoever will have you. you but, am yeah, I going to be yeah. stuck with, like, I'm going to be the odd you're, one out? You're with Ken Miller. Am I going to be the odd yeah, one out? I think the two Kens, they group together. I mean, okay, fine. It's alphabetical, yeah. But don't, don't we have dads playing and stuff? I'm not, I mean, what's... It's alphabetical. It, it's just no. We have <laughs> yeah. six. I here. ride with Larry because Larry pays. So <laughs> I too ride with Larry. <laughs> we have, to, we have yeah. to fight. We have to find two other people to play with me and Larry. Cool. So we'll maybe probably do maybe some we'll play with the Kens. kind of thing. <laughs> but here's but they, do they list your tee times? Should I be looking for a tee time? When do I show no, up? Just show yeah, up at like three fifteen. So there's a guy on the first tee that announces like. 
Four, now, please. Now, now, now driving. Now driving. Four, so, please. Wait, does everyone get there at the same time, or do you get there staggered? Well, yeah, it's like a big rock, paper, scissors thing. Like, well, you, all right, you got to make sure someone oh, can let you in the pro shop. These are actual it, questions. It's a shotgun race. You, you, everyone takes shotguns of beer. Whoever finishes last goes first. All right, I'll email He's trying JP. to ask a serious question. And you're I, all well, there's like, a, there's like a Google Doc that's really informal. No, there actually is no Google Doc this year. Uh, I talked I to JP. Do not know when it's literally show up at like, the first tea time is like 3.40. So show up at 3.30. We'll be, I'll be getting transfusions. Oh, inside. it's whoever gets their first place first. Pretty much, um, but like it, you, you like if you know you're gonna play with us, you just wait for us all to be there, and we'll go off whenever we're ready. I'm interested to see who Ken takes like an affinity towards, like as far as these old guys go. I'm gonna see who, who's like his old man friend. That's my like. I'm gonna be watching that throughout the None season. No, <laughs> who's the guy that can juggle golf balls really well? Oh yeah, Tyler Britt. <laughs> All right, that does it for us here. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and check out our Facebook, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. Have fun watching the Masters. We'll see you next week. Now sponsored by Augusta National.